You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, we got our stopwatch going 15 minutes. Uh, We got a really cool email the other day. I think it was on Monday. And uh, the gentleman wanted to know, he heard the podcast where we talked about, you know, gaining speed and and the the speed increases that you've been seeing. And he wanted us to talk more about it. Surprisingly enough, golfers are interested in more speed. Have you, Mm -hmm. have you ever had a request for more speed in a lesson? Yeah. Probably every (laughs) other lesson. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's probably the most, most coveted um, thing in golf, right? Or golf instruction. People want more coveted speed. If you can sell, if you got that to sell, people are lining up. Well, you know, it's funny. We had a comment on one of our Instagram videos where the guy was kind of laughing at speed not being a skill hmm. uh, for scoring. And speed is probably the most coveted skill in golf. So the higher, especially the higher you go. I mean, these yeah. guys, all they, one or two miles an hour is what they're looking for. So we're fortunate to work with some of the fastest guys on tour and I have yet to meet one of them who says, okay, I'll give up X amount of yards to do something else. If you have speed, like that's in your back pocket, these guys are defending that like it's gold because they know how valuable. If you have speed, you can be, I won't say marginal because they're all great players, but you don't have to be great at some of the other elements in the game. If you don't have speed, you have to be so good with your iron, so good with your short game, so good with your putting that it it makes the margin for error out there a lot. And if oh, you yeah. if you have that speed, yeah. if you can bomb it, you can get a, you can get far more room for error on the bad days because your misses are closer because you're hitting it from closer distances. If you're off, if you're a guy that hits at 275 and you're off that day, maybe it's 265 and you're hitting a ton of four and five irons in the greens, these other guys are hitting eight irons in two. That's a losing formula and that's tough to do. Very tough to do. Yeah. You, I mean, especially at the really high levels, the greens get really hard. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to hit it closer to the hole than the guy that's got an eight iron in his hand and you got a long iron. I mean, I, I've witnessed it firsthand before. One of David Tom's last years on the PGA Tour, I went, I went with him out to um, the Phoenix Open out in Scottsdale. And we had a practice round. I mean, he striped the ball all day with long irons and, and hybrids. He's like, you see what I'm dealing with here? I can't get it closer than 40 feet. It didn't matter how good he hit it. He, he weren't getting the ball closer than 40 feet. And for, for anyone who thinks 40 foot with a long iron is a bad shot, go look at the tour statistics. That's knocking it stiff with a long iron. It's stiff. He says, I'm hitting perfect shots, yeah. but you know, I can't, I can't hit it uh, with enough spin from that far out to hold the green, to hold it to a, a, a pin. So, um, you know, th- that kind of thing there. And, and it's at every level, right? I mean, if you're, 
even in even playing at your home course, if you're hitting it longer off the tee, you can hit it in the rough, and, and because you got a shorter club in your hand, and I mean, it's just the advantages keep going on and on. Less club into the greens, um, and obviously, if you're hitting shorter clubs, they're going to be a little more accurate. You're a little bit closer to the hole in proximity, and you play a little better. Yeah, I think the research has pretty much been done eight ways to Sunday. Of if you can hit it longer, meaning that you're going to have shorter approaches, that's really the biggest contributor to scoring lower. Like it, it's, you know, if you want to improve your putting, wedge it closer. If you want to improve your score, hit it longer. Because the guy who has two less clubs in is going to beat the guy over a course of time who has two more clubs in. It's just the law of averages are going to work out in your favor and you keep stacking that deck in your favor. So really at any level of golf, not just the PGA Tour, because most of the people Every listening level. to this this podcast are not on the PGA tour and you're going to benefit if you can hit the ball farther. So with that in mind, and it's certainly something that you have taken as a priority mm-hmm. this off season, or I mean, mm-hmm. can you call the Dang. last three months an off season, a forced yeah. off season for everyone? Corona season. Yeah. The, the, the Corona season, you know, and I've known you for a long time and you've always had a really good golf swing. Uh, you, you do a, you, tick a lot of the boxes as far as the look of your golf swing. It's a really solid, mm-hmm. fundamentally sound golf swing. And mm-hmm. you've kind of been in those low teens club head speed, that 13 to 15 club head speed. Sometimes lower than that. I mean, it keeps getting faster just because I know more now. But I remember I was younger and po- probably the same strength where a 108 was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. The more I've gotten to know kind of how this all works and realize that it's not about sheer physical strength, it's more about mechanics and the timing of some of these movements that creates the clubhead speed, I get more out of my swing now with, with less effort. Right. And so you've been able to, in this off season, you've been able to ratchet that up to 125. Yeah, I, I, hit, I hit 125 um, about a week ago, so I haven't, I haven't tried to max out since then, but um, yeah, I, I, I just kind of wanted to make a goal to see if I could get it up that high and, and started adding in some of these elements into my swing, including some, some motion drills that we, 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 um, we like to teach and just learning more about, um, again, the kind of the, the overall flow of the motion that's supposed to happen and the timing of when things, um, move, it has helped me tremendously. And I think, you know, the, We've been teaching this stuff for a while, but we're starting to get a better understanding of it now, studying like some force plate data and a lot of gears. And, um, you know, the main thing I've been doing, some of these drills that allow me to to do these things that I'm trying to do without thinking my way through it, it's it's making me more athletic again. Probably more like I was when I was a kid before I learned to hit, like there was a time in my career where I tried to hit too many positions, I feel like, too much mirror work. And it it took the athleticism out of my swing. So let's, that, that's a great point. Let's talk about that a little bit. So going back to, is, you know, just really last year when, when we would play and hit some holes and we were filming, when you were trying to hit it harder, it looked like you were trying to hit it harder. You Jumping know, out of my shoes. More muscular, oh, yeah. more muscle effort, uh, mm-hmm. just a ton more overall effort. And the production didn't look like it went up. Like the distance, did, the distance did not increase on equal terms with the level of, you know, effort you were giving it. So you would try twenty five percent harder, 
and get maybe 5% more distance. Yeah, maybe two miles an hour yes. in clubhead speed. And yeah. sometimes not any miles an hour, which I always knew. I was like, mm, something's off <laughs> Something's about not that. right about that. Yeah, I was like, that's a lot of effort for no miles an hour. Now when I see your swing, it looks like you're trying less, easier effort than when you were hitting it, say, 110, 115, when you're in the 120s now. Yeah, uh, and I think it. the point you made about kind of the flow and the motion drills you've been working on, the flow of the swing looks, you know, if you go see these tour events and you get to see these guys in person, they don't look like they're efforting that much. And the ball no. rockets off the face. And that's kind of the look of your swing now. It looks a lot less effort, but the distance yeah. is, is continuing, continuing to rise. So talk about, let's, let's talk about, because I think a lot of guys want to know the actual nuts and bolts of what you're doing. So let's talk about how did you come to grips with, okay, I, I know efforting more isn't really giving me the production that I'm looking for. So how did you kind of change the mindset to go, all right, maybe there's something else that I need to be doing versus just trying harder. Yeah, I think uh, part of it was, you know, starting to understand that you want to put more work in, you know, do some work on the backswing, you know, get get things uh, loaded properly in the backswing so that you don't have to do as much work all the way through the shot. And wait a minute. Impact isn't the only thing that matters. Exactly. We've covered that before. <laughs> you, you know, and Mike and I are doing some, you know, continuing education on how all this stuff works. And uh, we learned from some smart people. And, and um, is it, Dr. Kwan is, is one of the people we've learned some stuff from. And, and his his thought process about doing more work on the backswing jived, immediately jived with Mike and I because we've been preaching backswing for so long. And the first thing I added into my swing was a little trigger. So I never had a swing trigger. I always just started from a static position and started the club away. So I have the luxury of having Mike and both have a, a swing catalyst motion plate so we can see the pressure movement. And mine was always too stagnant in the first half of the backswing. I didn't get the pressure to the right of my to the right at all. So basically need, that needs to happen and to facilitate how the body rotates. So what I've done, the first thing I did that immediately added club at speed, and, and this is a great takeaway from for this podcast is I, I have a little bit of move into my left foot. It's, it's, you can see it. I kind of lighten my right foot up, light, right, lighten my right heel up and move into the left foot and then immediately start putting a brisk backswing in and brisk. I mean, there's some speed to the initial movement away with my body and the club. So it's a little juke to the left and then a, a kind of a speedy backswing feeling early in the backswing. And when you do that, it allows you to load the, the body correctly. The, the, the body will start winding, but about halfway back, I feel like my pelvis finishes its rotation back, backwards and my upper body continues to stretch and my arms continue to kind of stretch back there. I mean, when I do that, it ties together everything Mike and I have ever talked about as far as having more time, allowing myself to go right early than left early with the pressure. Um, and then really feel like I can ramp up speed quick in the downswing. And, and those are the, the key feelings for me. Um, and the, the drill part of it, the number one drill that I'm using right now is the drill where I, and we've got a lot of good ones, you know, on the, the uh, website and the membership site, but I start the club forward of the ball about two feet forward with my right heel off the ground. And then, 
to get the swing going, I slam the right heel down and swing the club back with some speed. And that one drill helps me feel like 10 different things that I need to feel. We're, uh, we're fortunate to have a lot of these guys on tour, uh, especially the fast guys to have their, their data captured in 3d. I think we're, I think eight of the top 10 in driving distance. Mm. So we're, we're able to see what they do that produces speed. And it's interesting that you're talking about kind of the takeaway for this, this podcast, which I think we're coming up on three minutes left, which I think is a good foundation. And we'll visit this a bunch going forward. I think it's a great foundation is kind of a takeaway is these guys are moving laterally inches, not centimeters, inches, inches with the driver away from the target. In many cases before the club passes their right foot. So they're doing exactly what you said. There's a little push off, a little juke. I like that. Off the left side, and then they're kind of moving to the right side. You can see that with Roy McIlroy. You can see that with Hendrick Stinson. You can see that with Dustin Johnson, Rose Kepka. All these great drivers of the ball, you see that. It's like a break. We start calling it the breakaway. And it's kind of hidden behind. It's so early. It kind of hides behind the club movement. So if you're not looking for it, it doesn't look odd. I mean, we've all seen the guy out on the – on the driving range at our home course, who's he's moving so much, and it's like the wind's blowing just him because it's not mm-hmm. hidden behind the movements of the club. These guys are doing it so early that you, the, the club's moving, and they're kind of done with that lateral movement. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it early. And if you can learn to time that, and the, the drill you talked about is such a good drill. Start with that club out kind of you know a few feet past impact. Slam that right heel on the ground create that moment with some speed as the club sails over the golf ball in the backswing, you're going to really start to do that work in the backswing, really first half of the backswing. So the first quarter second of the golf swing, rather than trying to do all of that in the last quarter of a second, which is the entire downswing. And you're going to, you're going to get it. When we've done this in lessons, the hardest part for golfers to get to actually buy into doing that is how quickly to move the club at the takeaway. They get like blown away sometimes. It's like there's a, you're giving away that, uh, that, that thought checklist, right? Yeah. You can see it in so many backswings. That first half of the backswing is a thought checklist. Okay. I need to get in this position. I mean, the club do that. Okay. Okay. Now I'm at the top. Now I got to just, I got to go. I got to get the backswing They try to do all the work on the downswing. Yes. And, and to get rid of that, thought checklist, that kind of pre-flight checklist, and just allow yourself to be an athlete on the downswing, you will be surprised at where the club goes. Mm, All those positions you want, the club's going to start moving there so much easier, and then the downswing's going to start to be a reaction if you allow it. A lot of guys just cannot or will not, they don't want to allow that to happen. you got to just, I mean, hit in the net and do it and film yourself so you don't care where the ball goes. Yeah, hit a foam ball. Yeah, hit a foam ball. Film yourself without a ball. Just film yourself moving athletically, starting the swing athletically. I think you'll be surprised at what you can do and the doors that start opening up to create more speed. It's a a great, great idea, and you're you're living walking proof that it can add tremendous amounts of speed to an already good swing. It's easy to add speed to kind of a a higher handicap golfer is doing so many things wrong but it's tough to do that to good golf swings. 
and you're up, you're up to about 11, 12 miles an hour of additional speed on top of a good golf swing. It really is insane. And it's making golf more fun again, just because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's so much more effortless. It, it, It really has, I mean, it's made it way more fun. I'm wanting to play more golf again. It's not hurting my back as much. Mm. So I'm able to play a little bit more, but um, yeah, start adding in some of these motion drills. We've been preaching it for a long time, but you guys, when, when, you know, when you start doing some of these different drills to create the feelings, that's a lot easier than trying to think your way through the swing. And if you can, if you can get a good feeling going, a lot of times that's easy to translate into your normal golf swing. A good early feeling is better than a downswing feeling or any of that. Very true. All right, guys, that's our time for today. I hope this helps. Free up that backswing. You're going to move faster. And you're going to move the club faster, which is, you know, kind of necessary to hit it farther. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Guys, um, if these are helping you out, please um, take some time. If you don't mind, go over on iTunes and leave us a review and a, a five star. It helps us out and allows more golfers to find this podcast. And we're trying to help as many of you as we can. Love it. See everybody on the next one.